0: So, does deconstruction speak more to a problem in our churches or our culture? We're going to be talking about deconstructing the faith tonight. Is the church to blame, or is there a new religion in our culture that may be driving this? All coming up here on the Very Relaxed Dude Facts Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Dude Facts Podcast. We're four guys that are united by a love for coffee, Jesus, and corny jokes. In the past, we all served in ministry together. In the present, we create podcasts to help you get through your week. And in the future, we aspire to be the granddad that teaches his grandkids to pull his finger. So if you love Java, Jesus, and dad jokes, you're gonna fit right in. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of joe and enjoy this week's episode of the dude facts podcast
0: oh yeah boys we're just hanging out tonight dude facts podcast sitting around the couch we really just wanted to watch the world series and uh we decided to use this setup so we could do that
1: and it's completely going to be worth all the struggle Yes, absolutely.
0: Even if it doesn't turn out right, at least you can see part of our heads watching the World Series, <laughs> which is exactly the,
2: what you want. All this be. works. We can get a comment from Ethan and Tyler. That's right. <laughs> but you
0: better comment, boys. So Ryan, Ryan is the resident oh, Rangers yeah. fan. He's got the hat on. The hey,
2: throwback. This is like the old like 1970s style. I, I love Texas it. tea
0: and you know what's great is everybody that's listening to this podcast will be listening after the World Series is over. Yeah. But we are currently watching game number five. Yeah. Would, may or may not happening.
2: be tonight, the end of the World Series.
0: We, we just saw the first pitch, which I think was a ball, but the computer's in the way, I can't see. What's
1: that, what's that guy's <laughs> last name?
0: Simeon? <laughs> oh, Simeon. <laughs> So it is Stuff the, the Texas Rangers. Things. Which did uh, th- did you go to a lot of Rangers <laughs> games in oh, yeah. seminary, Josh? I went to
1: a lot. I think you and I went to several.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd pay five bucks and sit in the high risers, and, and of course, the best thing. They were terrible then until they got a Rod. Then yeah. they, they were kind of neat
2: and yeah. relevant. Then he abandoned them. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and then one night, I, uh, I or actually one Sunday, I bought tickets. And went with a friend of mine from seminary, and we showed up, and it just so happened to be uh, same-sex recognition oh, at the ballpark. So you went at the right night. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we we sat with space in between us, dude space, <laughs> but it was very interesting.
2: Didn't want to be one of those unfortunate people that gets shown on like the yeah. jumbo screen. <laughs>
0: yep, seminary <laughs> students. Yeah, my parents would have seen that and been like, well, "You have something to tell
1: us? What kind of school yep. did you go to?" <laughs>
0: But uh, the Rangers are playing the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and we've already talked about how really shortening Diamondbacks is really unfortunate for them. Yeah. They they probably need to uh, not shorten it. Or they all. just
1: really need to make sure to bold the CKS. Yes, <laughs> on that jersey.
0: Yes, because you you it sounds like you're insulting them yeah, as you the D backs. Yep, the D backs.
1: <laughs> that guy looks like a D back.
0: Oh wait, he's a he Ranger is. Player. I mean, it says it on his uniform. <laughs> I
2: was like, "That's Seeger. He's a,
1: he's good."
0: So. <laughs> that's right. So, Ryan, I don't know if you can speak to this, but I keep hearing all these Ranger fans complain about John Smoltz and his announcing, like he's some big Ranger hater.
2: <laughs> I don't know if he's a Ranger hater, but he it it doesn't seem like it's just the Rangers that's the problem. It seems like whatever um game that he is commenting on he will just whatever team's up he just uses it an excuse to talk about the team that is losing currently <laughs>
1: <laughs> so smolty smolts smolty smolty i think it, yeah smolts <laughs> yeah. is okay i matter.
2: think it just seems one sided because the rangers have won 3 games out of 4 in this series so there's not been a lot of chance for him to talk about the rangers when they're down
0: yeah so i'm i'm rooting for the rangers and i have a special place for them in my heart living in texas and going to so many games but i still say for the most part i don't have a dog in the fight i mean i really want them to win but won't be terribly broken hearted but as someone who's been watching all the games i don't see it with smoltz i mean i I do see that sometimes he he tries to make it more exciting. Like last night when it was a blowout, uh, Smoltz is talking about how the Diamondbacks could come back and right, you know, pushing Which that. And, and I think that's what game his job more is. More exciting yeah.
2: overall. Like nobody wants to see a blowout. That's what I want to see a blowout because I want to see the Rangers win and win dominantly. Yes. But <laughs> no one else that's not a fan of either of these teams wants to watch a blowout. <laughs> that's right.
0: Well, I mean, that's one thing that makes the World Series so great is you stress, especially if you're a fan. You stress over every single pitch, mm, unless it's yeah. a blowout, then you can kind of rest easy. But yeah, yeah. But, but even when it's that. like ten to nothing, <laughs> like a guy gets on base, and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> like, they're going to come back.
2: Oh no, they're going to get nine runs.
0: He just walked inning. a guy.
1: <laughs> I'm pulling. I'm pulling for the Rangers for two reasons. One, I I still feel sorry for the way. Sorry. I just, you know, they're still smarting over the way the Cardinals ripped their hearts out. Was that 11? 2011? What, that see that? I don't even know if the Cardinals ripped their sucks.
2: hearts out. I feel like the Rangers ripped their own hearts out. I'll take it. Either way.
1: Either way. Either <laughs> way. But number two is I just don't like D-backs. So. Yeah.
2: No one <laughs> does. Yeah. You got to stay away from them.
1: I mean, look at that guy. He's clearly a D-back. That hair, those glasses.
2: Yeah. Speaking of D-backs, ad, I, was in, I was in Nashville. um <laughs> Last weekend, and I I was to, from Arizona, I was trying to yeah, park in a garage. Talking? and uh, there was a giant truck that was too big for the parking garage spot in the first place. but there was also like a AC unit or something in the back of the parking spot, so it was it was like extra small. And so this guy was sticking like halfway out. like everyone was like having to like crawl to go by him in the uh, parking garage. I was like, come on
0: did did he back into the spot? He did. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. He's definitely it, it from was, Arizona.
2: So that night, I believe, I think, uh, was the Maple Leafs were playing the Predators. I was like, that guy's probably a Maple Leaf fan. Oh, clearly, yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> yep. He's clearly Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> but the worst good, kind man. of Canadian. He's like Albertan or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> French Canadian. <laughs> those are the worst.
1: But, but nothing. No offense. Uh, you know, meant towards our Canadian listeners. No, right those Not at all. From there's um, a bunch.
2: That area, I, yeah. I'm I have sure a lot of coworkers in Calgary, and they're all super nice people.
1: Yeah, so Calgary. What, well, they're the Flames, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're great people. Yeah.
0: What and if Calgary, the Flames obviously... played the D-backs? <laughs> the Flame and d be interesting. Great, great name for it that, that match. We are lucky that Grant is not here. <laughs> <laughs> or not lucky. We're missing out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As you've noticed, Grant is not here, but uh, the three of us are, and we're just enjoying yeah. post Halloween uh, relaxation. It is now November, the month of thanks, and we express thanks on our social media today to our listeners mm-hmm. because you guys have been great. Uh, we had f- we have over four thousand podcast listens just on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. And then like almost 127,000 views on our social media clips, which may not seem like a lot if you're like some big, you know, influencer or, or anything like that. But, you know, I I, I like our little uh, crowd of folks that interact with us.
1: Yeah. Well, well how many social videos do we have? Like one hundred and twenty six thousand five hundred something. Yes. So they've been watched once or so. One point.
0: Yep. Two times. Thankfully, Ethan and uh, Tyler and Nate. So yeah, Nate and enjoyed,
1: What you said that he tried <laughs> to call our Instagram?
0: Yeah, yeah I I was How does that work? I was out so this this is November 1st when we're recording. So last night I was out trick or treating with my kids and I thought I felt my phone vibrate and I pulled it out of my pocket and it said a call for the Dude Facts podcast Instagram and I was like, uh, and then it said like Nate Enzor or whatever, whoever is that one of your daughter's friends?
1: I think he's one of, yeah, he's one of that, one
0: of that friends. So he's friends with Ethan, I think, because then they uploaded a story to their Instagram and tagged us, and it had a picture of Ethan on it. And it showed like a missed call from from Dude Facts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it was, I wonder, it was weird.
1: Because, let's see, I know I can't just put it right up in a camera here, but this is what he... Went as some character from anime or something.
0: Or is, is, is that Ethan?
1: It's like Red Scream or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So it's clearly not. that's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: looks like um, there's a there's a video game. There.
0: I accidentally just I accidentally <laughs> just called Nathan Zor. Sorry. <laughs> so if you can a oh, call, I, I was trying to bring it back up, and uh, maybe he'll call back and we can just talk to him so here we, on the podcast. Yeah, so we just talk to him live. So if he calls back. Nate, if you're not listening to this live, (laughs) yes, you aren't.
1: He sent in an attachment, but there's no
0: attachment, so we'll see what happens.
1: No,
2: I was gonna say there's there's a video game that basically has a bunch of like monsters and like slasher movie villains and stuff like Uh, that that where they chase people down and try to kill them and stuff like that. There, that is like a version of Scream in that game. Um, Okay, so maybe that's what he was going
1: at. So the guy who's dating my daughter dressed up guy who chases people down yep. and yeah, kills well. Satan. That's good to know Satan. Master of lies. <laughs> <laughs> the deceiver of the brethren.
2: That's right. Master of lies or lice? Or both. Bass? Yeah. <laughs> lies and lice. I guarantee it. It's a double whammy. Yeah.
1: Actually he would be he would be the Pam in the situation that he would be the one to introduce lice to people but then blame yes. Meredith. Yes, that's
0: true. That's Sounds about right. right. So the, the D backs have a guy on base. <laughs> To let you know, <laughs> and oh, he's,
1: he's trying, trying to steal. steal. That's what a D back would do. Anyway, oh, D-down.
0: oh, he he put that glove all over that D back's uh, butt, <laughs> but he's safe.
2: Man, <laughs> everyone thought they were tuning in for the D Tech podcast. This is I actually just World Series commentary. Yeah, we <laughs>
1: so we really hate to spoil the game for you. If
0: uh, the D backs <laughs> end up like really doing well here, you, Ryan might just get angry and storm off. So,
2: okay. well, I don't know. There's still he would just get really quiet, yeah there's still still two more games for the Rangers to lose, and they have proven to me before that they can lose those games.
0: Look at that guy the way he just <laughs> winked at the camera
1: that's a that's a definite move.
0: <laughs> so this was a this was a big week, obviously, we got the World Series going on, Halloween now we're transitioning into November, time of thanks. But uh, one of our favorite comedians was on uh, Saturday Night Live, oh, Nate yeah. Bargatze, and yeah. uh, it was pretty funny. It
2: was yeah, funny. Yeah, it was some of the the best sketches, like, overall, like, the, the entire
1: episode that I've seen in a
2: while.
0: Yeah. That George Washington was sketch <laughs> was so well written. <laughs> yeah. It was genius.
1: You know, I, I loved everything about that episode, but I think, and I don't really watch SNL. Every now and then I'll catch a clip, but uh, we wa- we recorded it and then watched it. I don't stay up till. Early. When did it start coming on at ten thirty? I thought it came on at
0: 930. It's always been ten thirty. Yeah, it's always How been it? pretty late. Yeah, Gosh, unless it, you live on the East Coast, since eleven thirty. Maybe mm-hmm. when I was yeah. in my twenties and younger,
1: ten thirty <laughs> felt like nine
2: thirty. I think I used to watch Conan all the time, but that was because I did not. I was up at
1: eleven thirty at no. night. So <laughs> yeah. I don't. But um, I I think the best sketch on as far as the way it was written. And acted out was the very last one with the writers eating dog food. Oh um, my just, goodness! That was hilarious. That was so funny. It was funny, <laughs> very funny. It was great. That, but I told Bridget when we started watching it, I don't know if you guys felt this way or not, because I I've listened to Bargazzi since before. He, I just stumbled upon him mm, um, yep. on Spotify or something, and we listened. it because oh, I was looking for like, clean comedians, and this had been several years ago. And while he was doing stuff like zanies all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, so when he was so when he made SNL, he's on there. I told Bridget, I'm kind of proud,
0: you know. I don't know why. I don't
1: know the guy, but I felt proud. He's representing
2: Nashville and Tennessee,
1: and he stayed clean. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. I was wondering where.
2: Yeah, he stayed true to him to his his himself and his content. So
0: his opening monologue was fantastic. Great stand up. He
2: he has the best dry humor like of any like current comedian. Great delivery. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know what it is. Like he just the way he says stuff, and then he just he pauses at just the right times yeah. to just make it so funny. <laughs> well,
1: not, I I want so we he's a good singer apparently in that mm. the, the the Lake Beach.
0: song Oh, Lake Beach is great. <laughs> Silas <laughs> and I have been singing That's Lake so Beach great. all week. I was watching that and I was like,
2: who who was at my like family get-togethers over the summer <laughs> growing up? <laughs> Did you ever get a snapping
0: turtle to the midsection? No,
2: no, not, not, never caught on my, (laughs) on my D, my dong. (laughs) Your
1: D-back? My D-back, yeah. The, the
0: the part where the kid drinks the, like he thought it was alcohol and it was dip. That was so funny because it's so true. It's definitely happened to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about someone who drank dip, but I thought about a couple that I don't want to name any names. That we knew from high school, that was a part of the crew that he dipped, and then apparently, like, they would make out while he had dip in his mouth. Or that was the story. That was the yeah. joke that went around. That, that was what
0: we all said. That's
1: what we all said. I don't want to say it was true. So, definitely want to say, it made I it hope true. it wasn't true. But I went back to um... that, and I thought, oh, yeah, that guy. And,
0: but, uh, but you know, they're married now. Yeah, so it worked so, out. So, yeah, it worked. And there's kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But oh, what I was what I was going to say is he can sing and and he can act. You know? Oh yeah! So I would love to see if this opens up doors for him to maybe get a movie or something at some point. Oh yeah!
2: You know, he would
1: be great. You know? oh, yeah, it'd be amazing.
0: I was listening to the Nate Land podcast a little bit actually on my way home today, and they were talking about SNL, and uh, it was fun to hear the other guys talk yeah. about how proud they were. Uh, Dusty Slay got on there and said, "Yeah, it was just neat. You know, I'm I'm watching my friend up there on the SNL stage, yeah. and uh, it was funny. I I sort of felt the same way that you did, Josh. And I've been listening to him for five or six years, but just the fact that he's from Nashville and he's clean and and you know, I, I think he even referenced the Wilson County Fair yeah, on the did. SNL stage, which he was did. great. It it just felt like somebody from our backyard." Mm -hmm. up on the stage, and I thought that was really cool. So,
1: uh, one of the guys from Nate Land, I was trying to find the date, if I could, um, is going to be at Zaney's. It's not the slay guy. Um, Aaron? Aaron Weber? Is that breakfast? Who he calls breakfast? I don't remember. But Aaron, yeah, he's going to be... He's funny. He's funny. He's going to be um, at Zaney's
0: he he did a small um, a small bit when I went and saw Dusty Slay, um he he was one of the openers for Dusty and he he was hysterical. Well, I can't find
1: it real quick, but um yeah yeah I'd love to see him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like see him and he's a you know the the cool thing about Nate if you don't if you don't listen to Nate Land that's a great listen. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's fun. Um of course a lot of humor. You got several comedians on there and it's clean. Yeah, uh, and and I I think some of at least when we started doing a podcast for me that was part of like inspiration I think of how I envision us doing some things you know very humor based and we've talked about that mm-hmm. you know we want we want to make sure that you know we have time just to laugh together um, but they're all I don't know if they're all believers um, but they they have a lot of uh, conversation about. Things that are biblical or about church-related things, and um, so it's just—it's just a good podcast. So if you're not listening to that, check out Nate Land. Uh, we're doing a—we're going to shamelessly plug oh, them. No, home
0: run! <laughs> sorry, right. it was
1: a home run. Oh no, no, it's showing
0: a replay. Whoa! Oh, all
1: right. <sighs> but because uh, okay, we want—we want them to shout us out, or at least respond to something we post about. Them. Yeah,
0: that's right. right.
1: That's right. We want the algorithms—algorithms—to tell them that we've talked about Nate Bargatze a lot because Nate Bargatze is a great guy and Nate Bargatze is a great comedian y'all heard of Nate Bargatze have you seen Nate Bargatze yeah
2: did you say Nate Bargatze yeah Nate Bargatze okay yeah I know Nate
1: Bargatze
0: Nate Bargatze
1: (laughs) 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 yeah he was funny. it was a great show
0: yeah indeed uh lots of lots of fun things happening and uh we we do not have our regular like comment. Sorry, I'm just really captivated by Timothy Chalamet's <laughs> eyes right now. <laughs> Some ad on TV. It, it's probably like a cologne. Yeah, that's got to be. Yeah, ah. that, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, we didn't. We got a few comments, but uh, we're not going to do our regular comments section. Um, most of them involved the conversation that we had about. Uh, you know, older people trick-or-treating. And so I don't know if we wanted to revisit that thought because I think people assumed that we were like no older people trick-or-treating ever. And that's not necessarily, I think what we were saying. We weren't. I, I I think we were like, we were just commenting on the fact that it seems like people are older now trick-or-treating. And yes, if you're like an old parent and you don't have a costume on, like, come on, like at least give some effort. But uh, yeah, like we're, we, we love giving candy out, and uh, it's perfectly okay. But what I thought was funny is there was a guy who commented, and I don't remember on which uh, social media account, but he said something about, like, give them the candy. Like, they can all come to my house. And, and then I replied, I'm coming to your house. Did
1: he give his address? And then he
0: put something on there, like, yeah, come on. And I was like, I will. And, and then he deleted all his comments. Oh. And I was like, this guy probably really thinks on, I was, like, trying to look him yeah. up. He's an and uh, fan. <laughs> show up at his house. So, if you're out there listening, random dude, I'm coming over, and I'm trick-or-treating. I think he likes the D-backs. Probably does. <laughs> He's a closet D-backs fan.
1: <laughs> so, you know, we... we uh, The neighborhood we live in is a dead end, and apparently there used to be a lot of young kids on the street. but They've all grown, they're teenagers now. We had probably 20 kids stop by last night, not a ton. Uh, but most were probably teenagers. But they were all dressed up, you know, they, they weren't being weird. It there was nobody like 16 or older, I don't think. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the young teenager. But what I want to discuss if we have a minute or two. Have you guys seen there's been a few videos this happens every year where somebody is caught on a person's ring doorbell like they they're sitting there I have I have a different kind of perspective here. But they'll set a bowl of candy out on the porch. And maybe a sign of like take one and go or whatever. Mm, yeah. But they there's this video that kind of went around. I saw it on. Did you say Twitter or X? Went around X. on Twitter, Twitter X. Twitter X, and <laughs> um, that I saw today. And it's it's like <laughs> Elon's world. At least one grown lady with a kid or an older kid, and they're taking everything out of this bucket. They are like full on candy bars and just taking it. And so everybody's blasting them. I kind of tend to the side of if you're going to leave a bowl of full size candy bars out on your front porch and you're not going to open the door to regulate who gets it. Yeah. I mean, you're you're yeah. setting yourself up for.
2: That. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely something to be said about the parent that is just yeah, now, raiding that,
1: but yeah, that parents a D-back. It is, yeah. Well, I won't they're say walking, anything about me right
0: taking right a Reese's Take 5 out of a bowl <laughs> last night.
2: But they uh, you know, uh, it, you lose the right to complain about it, I feel like, if you...
1: Yeah, it's still not right. Yeah, exactly. Complaining about it is, well, you should have not done
2: that. Yeah, exactly. You know the world we live in. It's like, next time, don't do that. Yeah.
0: It could be worse. So my neighbor put on the neighborhood... We have like a neighborhood Facebook page. He uh, left a bowl out because his kids are younger. They went to bed after trick-or-treating. So he left a bowl out for the rest of the trick-or-treaters. Someone just took his whole bowl. Like the actual bowl. He said, Hey, fine with you taking all the candy. I don't want it, but please return the bowl. <laughs> like, who steals a bowl? Like, what do you need with a bowl? Man. But, yeah. Too bad
1: he doesn't have the video of that. I know. You can figure out which of your neighbors is a jerk.
0: i know because we only have like seven neighbors yeah you don't have a lot (laughs) just one street you don't have anybody that comes
1: in from like other neighborhoods to here
0: i I mean why would you it's only like a few houses i
2: feel like there are some people that like just drive their kids around and they just like neighborhood hop like they'll just go around find a couple smaller ones and then they hit like the big ones yeah later the
0: ones they know are giving out the full-size candy bars Yeah, and like hundred dollar bills and stuff like that. (laughs) Where's the where's that neighborhood? (laughs) I'm gonna go. (laughs) So now, now that it's oh no, go ahead because I'm transitioning to like something totally different. How
1: was your weird owl costume received from your neighborhood?
0: So it was great by the older crowd. (laughs) So we we walked (laughs) out to this area in our neighborhood, but then we went we actually neighborhood hopped. We went to a bigger neighborhood where there was lots of houses. And, uh, we would walk past groups of kids and they commented on my daughter who is dressed as an axolotl and kids ate that up. They're like, Oh, the axolotl. No kids, have no, no idea what you're talking about. No kids <laughs> knew who I was. So an axolotl is like a salamander mm-hmm. from Mexico uh, and it's, it, it's like, uh, it, it honestly looks like it has a smile on its face. Mm. And it's, it's real cute there. looking.
1: Is it is it a character in something as well?
0: So or? it's it so it's in Minecraft, which uh, I, is where my kids know it okay. from, but I think there are other like cartoons and stuff that use axolotls because they're actually going extinct, I believe. Um there's not many Axolotl of them out in the wild. It was yeah. pink too, right? It's pink. Okay. Yeah. Your
1: daughter's doing good work? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. But but the kids just ate it up. And then, the course, I did have a group of kids at one point who were being real obnoxious already. My son was dressed as a banana and they were like trying to harass him for some reason. And uh, they went up, they, they, they just came up to me and they were like, Who are you? And I just kind of stared at him for a second. And I was like, I'm weird owl. <laughs> and I screamed it like really loud. And then they all like got silent. And we just kept walking. <laughs> I don't think they had any idea who Weird Al was. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know who Weird
2: Al is, but I'm afraid to ask.
0: <laughs> but my neighbor, who actually is a DJ for Q108, the morning show. So if you ever hear Kyle on Q108, yeah. he's my neighbor right across the street. He saw my outfit and he loved it. He was like, Weird Al, <laughs> man, I got to watch that movie. And he just freaked out. So,
1: What's his name, Kyle. Kyle. I'll, are, are, is he? Is he a listener? Maybe does he know about the
0: podcast? No, he has no, no idea. <laughs> Every time he comes over, I'm lifting weights in the garage, and I'm like right in the middle of a set, and he's trying to talk to me. So it's all, it's usually awkward conversation. the dude
1: facts? Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just trying to see if we can get a connection with Q and A.
0: Yeah, maybe I need to go out there at some point. Normally, his kids are running around like crazy. So, like, hey, can um, I take advantage of our friendship? Yeah. I mean, Silas is nice to his kids. Maybe I need to take advantage of that. If we
2: do like an episode of Dude Facts, like from your driveway, out
1: there
0: Yeah, them. we could.
2: See if he notices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See if he notices if we're recording a podcast in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: In his driveway? <laughs> like yeah. No, oh. driveway. But that would be even better. He, if yeah. We just There's set no up Indian driveway. <laughs> I mean, we, we
0: could just go on location to his driveway. <laughs> yeah.
2: we could. I'm like, welcome to Dude Facts on location from Kyle's <laughs> yeah, driveway. Yeah, we we have a guest,
0: Kyle from q One Hundred Eight. I mean, he's we're in his driveway. Yeah, he comes out. Like, oh, welcome to the show. Honestly, knowing us. him, he's very talkative. He probably would just sit down and start talking.
2: Yeah.
0: So, pretty funny. But, you know, speaking of radio stations, when when is it too early? It's November 1st. When is it too early for Christmas music?
1: Yes. It, it's currently
0: <laughs> too
2: early. I saw somebody putting like, you know, somebody posted a thing of Mariah Carey on Facebook and I was like, nope, don't even start. Yeah, I, I, I don't that. even want to see her They I think face. I silenced their notifications for 30 days
0: on my <laughs> Facebook. That, I'm going to start taking action like that. That's That's brilliant, Ryan. I'm just going to start silencing all people who talk about Christmas. Yep. This early.
1: I like the meme of her that had gone around a bit, that she's thawing out. Yeah. <laughs> she's in a block of ice that's thawing out. Um, so I used to be a real staunch, nothing Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. Like, I don't want, that's kind of been the rule in our house. If I'm in the car, there's no Christmas music. The day after, I yeah. can listen to it. Mm. If you do it on your own, that's okay. But no tree, no whatever. In the last few years, I've softened a bit. And um, we put our tree up like a week before Thanksgiving this year. I know. And uh, I feel like I've backslidden.
0: But Where I have, am I with the
1: sound effects? I have soft... Wait, wait. What's going on here? Talk about a D-back move. They have a hot tub in their stadium. A uh, swimming pool. I, I bet that's the nastiest hot tub. Anyways. America. That's a hot
2: tub. There's a person sitting there with just a marble red just hanging out their yeah, lip. That's, ah. that's a Petri... <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a Petri dish but um i'm okay like the week of thanksgiving
0: there we go
2: i think that's once it. you watch the macy's thanksgiving day parade that after right? that you can do yes. whatever you want Santa goes well. thank christmas you ryan yeah
0: okay. exactly yes that's, uh, i that's i agree
1: <laughs> i can go with that yeah because
0: the macy's day parade is ushering in christmas right exactly. and Santa yeah
1: but we still haven't eaten our Thanksgiving meal by the time Santa comes.
0: It's all right. I mean, the Thanksgiving meal is just really warming up for oh, Christmas. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like You see out. him come in, like, all right, now we need to go ahead and eat. We're celebrating <laughs> Christmas is about to begin.
2: I've already been eating since like six a.m. though.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> Might as well just keep going. Yep. I mean, wake I, up, I, I some wake up. bacon.
0: I mean, you're like Michael Scott. You've got a George Foreman next to the bed, <laughs> and it's got a turkey leg on it. <laughs> like the
1: pilgrims did. It. Yep.
0: Yep. I like that Nate Bargazzi compared himself to a pilgrim, pilgrim, by the way. So, SNL, Nate Bargazzi, you got to go and watch Check it. Check it out. Yeah. Some great, some great clips. Oh, yeah. Especially that Lake Beach. Check it out.
2: <laughs> Dave Grohl popping in the Lake Beach. Yeah. Laugh so
0: yeah. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blew his hand off. Yeah. <laughs> Then he was the preacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. Right. <laughs> that's why people are deconstructing their faith. What it a transition. Like that. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> a pastor's like that.
0: Yep. Blown a pastor who's angry at cornhole and blowing off his hands and Shows cursing.
1: Up in
0: the yep. That's right. <laughs> no wonder. So watch that video and then you'll understand a little bit about. Uh, deconstruction and what we're going to be talking about today. So I guess that offers a great transition yeah. into yeah. our topic. So we'll begin talking about this. Um, if we yell and scream because of the ball game, seriously, you'll just have to excuse us. There are more Please important things. Uh, deconstruct. <laughs> I'm talking
1: about deconstruction.
0: Even though I wish they'd deconstruct the D-backs right now.
1: <laughs> well, maybe we can discuss how they do that. here. So, yeah. yeah. So we we're going to talk uh, a little bit about this topic of deconstruction instruction and uh it's one of those things that it, it's a word i think that carries a lot of different definitions or understandings of what it's all about i think even in some of our texting through it um like you you had mentioned i went through some of that as as a kid or through maybe your college years or whatever. yeah but
2: college young adult that's kind of like more yeah.
1: of and I, i'm t- kind of getting ahead of ourselves but i i think that's not so much like the what you went through with so much we call is just figuring out what is actually true because you want to know what's true. But you have people that might define it that way. You have others that are going to define deconstruction as as a, a complete breaking down of the Christian faith um, and trying to justify it away, right? Uh, and and disown, and then deconvert if you will. Um, and there have been a lot of uh, celeb, like Christian celebrities or leaders. It seems like over the past several years that have gone through what they would call deconstruction and and now you just kind of hear the term a lot especially if you're on social media I did a search today and um, just for hashtag deconstruction on Instagram and there were almost 500,000 hits on that today so a lot of people are, are using the word are are discussing it sharing about maybe what that looks like for them
0: and so soon we'll add to that with our short we're video gonna clips. add to it. we may add another
1: half a million, <laughs> the clips we put out. So, um, yeah, so let's just, let's maybe try to get into a little uh, a little definition of it, just so we can have maybe, a, explain to people who have never heard what deconstruction is, um, or have never heard the term, or maybe confused about it. Um, so for our, our purposes, really, someone who says that they have deconstructed their faith, in essence, is somebody who looks back at what they have been taught as specifically as a Christian about the Christian faith, mm-hmm. what they've been taught, exposed to, maybe even what they have claimed for themselves in the past. And something has happened to where they're now questioning what they have believed and they're going through this process. I mean, if you think like you're building a house, you're constructing a house, you know, it's element by element, you're putting it together. So deconstruction is kind of element by element, taking it apart. And um, the motivation usually is to, or is, or we're told, is to find what, what really are the lasting true elements of Christianity. You know, what are the things that were lies or not actually correct or, or whatever, in, in whatever manner you mean those things, uh, to get down to what's actually true. Um and uh, I was listening, I want to make sure we shout out this podcast as well because there's there's some content that I'll share that really comes from from them. It's called uh, Beard, the Beards and Bible Podcast. And these guys are a Tennessee podcast. Uh, they're out of, well, one of the guys is out of um, Cannon County, which is Woodbury, Woodbury Tennessee. And uh, he is the pastor at the Experience Church in Cannon County. And uh, he's there's another guy that's on there with him that's a pastor as well. And they They did a great series on deconstruction. I'd encourage you to check them out. Um, But one of the things that that they said when listening to it is like there's a a difference also between deconstruction and deconversion. Like you'll hear both of those. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted to be very careful, which I think is good for our conversation as well, to point out that not everyone who goes through um, deconstruction of their faith deconverts as well. So that's usually a healthy kind of practice, but apparently the majority of people who deconvert have went, they'd go through some sort of process of deconversion. And A lot of people who deconvert, who go through, I'm saying this wrong. A lot of people who deconvert have gone through a process of deconstructing. Thank you. And a majority of people who deconstruct end up deconverting, you know, saying, I'm not a Christian anymore. And there's been several uh, Christian leaders, um, celebrities, if you will, uh, over the last few years, as I mentioned earlier, who have done that. Um, Most notable, Joshua Harris, Mm -hmm. uh, or I think would be to a lot of people, especially in our generation, uh, Kevin Max, um, and um, guys like, uh, who are the two guys? Rhett and Link. Rhett and Link. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were doing stuff even for VeggieTales at one point. And now have said that they're, I guess, uh, hopeful agnostics. Um, it's probably because it wasn't called Produce Tales. Pr- that was their trigger, were, you know. like, yeah. So, what do you? I mean, <laughs> what's been your experience like hearing about deconstruction? It t- to me, it's something that I've just heard over the last few years. I don't know if it's something's been I going think on. De- deconstruction
2: is like a idea I've heard for years. Is just like a philosophical idea. It is a you know at, at its core. It is just a way that we can look at text or conceptual arguments and things, and it's just a way of determining, you know, what is, you know, what is true to you at, you know, from that. But I think that the idea of deconstruction in our current society has kind of taken this form of, you know, almost like this popular, um, just like a trendy word people just like found it and and hooked on it when you know people have been questioning their faith and you know people deconvert or um fall away from the church or whatever people have been doing that for years that's that's nothing new but for some reason we just I feel like the culture today needs to really tries to find a word that they can just like coin and like get behind get something behind it and I feel like the deconstruction was just kind of the the thing that everybody latched onto early on and it's, and it's just gotten to the point where it's just ramped up you know on social media and with you know people that are in the public eye and it's just become a bigger thing than what it originally is it's just a, from its original concept um and i think that's really what we what we're talking about when we're talking about deconstruction here is what it's become in today's you know culture and zeitgeist not necessarily the base concept of what it can be, um, and I, I've definitely seen a lot of it. I've seen you know, you scroll through TikTok enough, you'll just stumble upon people that are talking about it. I've seen I've seen people that are still you know maintain that they are believers and that they did not follow with them from from faith, but they do say that yeah, I you know I deconstructed and you know I, I looked at things and, and you know I see things differently now. Um, so I, I think, uh, I think it's pretty just, it's a, it's a a hot topic for the people to talk about now, which I think is, uh, why we see so much of it.
0: And, and what's the hashtag they use is an ex-an- exangelical? Evangelical, yeah. Yeah. So you see that a lot and I agree. I think it's, there's a lot of trendiness to it and that term deconstruction really just sort of has been morphed to represent all of that, even though. I would agree that deconstruction people have been doing for a long time, and some of that's just people questioning. We might have called it questioning your faith, but in a good way too. I mean, you question your faith and you really own it, and you really figure out why do I believe this and what is it about this. And you know, you you ask good questions and you um, search for answers against questions maybe that you never thought of before that you're challenged with, especially when you go to college and uh, you know, maybe have conversations with people that believe differently. And so I think a lot of that has been happening for years, but now we do have this sort of idea of deconstruction as uh, one, it's, it's very trendy people. I think have found support on social media. And so it's a lot easier for people just to sort of be vocal about it and say, Oh, I've deconstructed. Whereas I think people before just kind of maybe walked away from the faith, but never really tried to process it. Now they're processing it more. But then you legitimately have people that, um, you know, for whatever reason, and we can get into all the reasons, whether it be through some influence of, uh, you know, things that they're learning in higher education or politics, which I think is what drives this quite a bit, um, especially in those celebrities. I I find it hard to really see there being any other reason. Uh, When these celebrities talk, a lot of times it's driven by politics and postmodern thought. It's. Hey, these are all the things that I believe on how the world should run. Christianity and the faith and the Bible don't match up with that, so now I can't believe that. Um, I, and that, maybe that's not fair to label all of it like that, but a lot of what I've seen has has been that, um, or whether it be just bad experience. And I think um, you know, there's some people that I've known and even people that I've worked with in ministry who've been through some really awful experiences and that some of them have as we're labeling it deconstructed and turned away from their faith and it's been sad to see but you know part of it is you know we we have some snakes within the church and uh, wolves within in sheep's clothing as you will and uh, unfortunately that's a a byproduct of that reality
1: yeah i uh, agree um with what you guys have said i and so the the term deconstruction" is fairly new, like it some author, and I wish I had I was more professional in this and had like the author in the book and all that there was an author that was using this term to talk about people who were kind of tearing down the Christian faith um, coined it, and it's what was grabbed onto mm-hmm. uh I think the unfortunate thing is that the term deconstruction has taken on the meaning of somebody who is specifically changing their what they say Christianity is or should be based off of personal belief. Um, that, that seems to be the area uh, or, or, or the mode that I see it most often used. And when you see things on social media, it's people who, have a belief that they hold on to that might not be biblical. So because of that, they have to deconstruct their Christianity. Like they've come to accept or believe or desire something that traditional Christian ethic would say is not biblical. And so there's this effort to say, well, I've got to deconstruct. I've got to leave. It's got to be something different for me in order to line up. Um, Which may not be fair to people who are actually going through that process that you talked about, you went through. And I think that, I think that pretty much anyone, especially those of us who have been believers from a young age or grew up in the church, had to go through a process of, okay, I believe this for myself now. It's it's not because my parents do, but I look at it. I believe these things are true. In that, there have been um, items that are the the minors, if you will, of Christianity that I have gathered my own conviction on my own thought on um, that there's freedom to have some of that. Just like Halloween we talked about last time, but the majors don't change in that. Like the, the major things of doctrinal belief, I would say that's not necessarily deconstruction, uh, but a term that the the guys in the Beards and, and Bible podcast use was um, untangling their faith where there may be some things that we heard or people heard growing up in church that were extra biblical, mm-hmm. they, that that they that their pastor or their church or their parents or their culture and wherever they were added into Christianity. of These are the things you do or you don't do, and those are unhealthy. Um, and it's not so we're not taking blame away from churches. I think we'll talk more about that. But that's I think that's the healthy end. You're coming out of something, okay. Wait a minute, this might not be completely true. Um, so, I, the, the difference I think is this you're either approaching this idea of deconstruction, I think people approach it one of two ways. One way is okay, there is an absolute truth. God determines that. Therefore, I want to know what he says is true. And I want to deconstruct, take away everything that's been added on top of that. Mm hmm. Right. I want okay. What are the things that I've been taught that I've believed, owned, accepted my whole life, whether it came from my church, my parents, and I'm not sure all this is biblical. Okay, what does God say is right and true? Right. So I'm going to go through that process. That's probably more of what you did. uh, Just
2: to kind of give some insight on what you know, my journey was like with that. I, my my journey of deconstructing or untangling was more of just like looking at the bible and separating separating that from kind of like christian culture and what what you know what is like the popular thing in christianity to believe or do you know um that type of thing and and looking at the bible more so because because i think if you read the if you look at the bible and you read it as a one to one like hey it says this you know it applies to me current day exactly like this i think that is a disingenuous way to look at the bible and i think but i think that's a way that the bible has been looked at historically by christianity and christian culture and so my my kind of deconstructing was kind of looking at the bible and trying to understand it more in its context and its place and not try to extrapolate things from it that it's not trying, that it's not saying or not, you know, not necessarily condoning, but may exist in the Bible and, you know, kind of increasing my knowledge of study on it rather than just, you know, kind of reading it in this kind of, you know, basic one-to-one way, which it's really not. Like it's
1: written directly. To you right, exactly. To you like, like it's written
2: not. like, hey, like Paul said this and he's saying that to you in your seat right there. And I'm like, no, Paul said that to a church that was in a very specific situation and around certain so- social circumstances that if we look at that all together, we can glean important things for our lives today, but it may not necessarily be, you know, exactly what is said is what you need to, you know, understand. Take from that, and, and that is, that
0: and, and that's what you were talking about—that extra biblical, yeah. yeah, stuff that people have issue with, and um, you know, I, I think that one that obviously leads to worship of a false god in the church, which is a problem, and no wonder people yeah. break away from that because it—I mean, it, it can go down a rabbit trail of so many like warped and perverted beliefs. Um, but there's a lot of that, that I think Christians in that Christian culture that you talked about that I think is well-meaning, but has gotten so far removed from scripture and what it's actually saying and who the God of scripture actually is Mm -hmm. that it has created. It's almost like subculture and, you know, almost, um, you know, let's just call it what it is, false religion in a way that some people follow, and uh, I think it's good for all of us to go back and look at Scripture and say, "All right, you know, wh- where have I been getting it wrong?" And quite frankly, I think we're gonna make mistakes. And there are times every single week where I'm reading the Bible now, and I look, and it's like something just clicks that hasn't ever clicked before, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, that's that's actually how I need to be listening to God or doing this." And I mean, it, it we're constantly learning and constantly growing, but That's not what we're talking about here, I don't think. I think we're talking about when we get so far removed or when the church gets so far removed and it it bleeds into other areas of life. And I know we'll talk politics, but, you know, when, when those lines get blurred, you know, I think we see a huge sort of deconstruction or exodus from the church. And I think we saw one in around 2020. But really, in the time that our last president was in office, because there was such a divide made, and Christians, not all Christians, but Christians as a whole, decided to take a stance on one side of the political sphere, and that drove so many away. And I think that's where we saw a lot of this being a trend, especially in like Christian celebrity circles, because they wanted to remove themselves from that political arena and thought, which really... Some of it stemmed from that false belief and false beliefs that were being taught that weren't actually scripture based.
2: Well, that was one thing I thought you brought up Rhett and Link. And, you know, I, when they, when they kind of like came out with, you know, and officially said like, Hey, you know, we aren't believers anymore. We deconstructed. And they, they did, they did a whole podcast kind of talking about their own personal stories. I went, and listen to the whole thing. Because I was curious on what their perspectives were. Um, I didn't. You know obviously didn't agree with. Everything they said. But there were some things that I thought that. I, th- I thought that they themselves. Came off as very genuine. And um, how they were thinking. And I thought that. Um, I think Rhett on there. Made a good point. And I wanted to read his quote. That he said on the podcast. Where. Because I think it's it talks to what you're saying, Jeff. Where he said, uh he said your kids aren't leaving uh, specific the church." Uh, talking about that, your kids aren't leaving because you didn't train them enough. Your kids are leaving because you trained them well enough to develop a sense of truth and justice. You let them read the words of Jesus; and they got it, and they recognize that this the organization doesn't seem to be interested in those words. Um, they're not leaving because they don't know the truth. They're leaving because they do. And I think, you know, maybe that's not fully, um, you know, the case in a lot of a lot of uh, instances with this, but I think that is an important thing that a lot of people are like, hey, I see the church, you know, the, the broader overall American church, and I don't see the love that I was taught growing up coming from this place. And that, you know, they see that and that, and that is kind of the beginnings of the catalyst for them to look at that. And they're like, Hey, you know, what, what, what am I, what do I feel about this? And then they kind of, you know, what, unfortunately for a lot of people, what their experience with Christianity is and, and the Bible is based on culture and not necessarily on their own personal study. And I think they're, they're, seeing that disconnect and it's causing a rift between a lot of young people specifically in the church
1: overall. Yeah. um, And so this, I think this, this part of the conversation, I think is so important um, because, you know, in our podcast, we want to be able to not, we don't want to just rail on people. We want to be able to bring hope and encouragement and maybe some bits of, wisdom, you know, maybe we need to look at things this way or things that way. And so we've been in the church, we've served the church, we we were all raised that way. Um, And so we've seen the the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there are definite churches um, where the the word of the pastor or the leadership is more, more true than what scripture would say right? Like you, this is what, it, this is the truth. And, and you don't question the pastor. Um, and if, if you were ever in a church like that, you need to start questioning what you believe Christianity is all about. Mm-hmm. Like you need to go back to the word. Jesus. I mean, Duke. the word tells us. <laughs> yeah, but it was a, it was a good one. <laughs> um, you, you need to go back to the word and, uh, you know you take everything back to scripture that mm-hmm. that you hear taught the, the churches that probably aren't going to struggle with this as much are the ones where the leadership tells their congregation i'm not i'm not infallible right i can mess up i can say something that's not right you need to take what i say and always put it against scripture against the truth of scripture so if so then it's on us. Like, if you're hearing that, it's on us to say, well, this is right or this isn't, not just to take the word of the guy at the pulpit. But you can be in a church environment where there's this thought of that guy is the the ultimate authority on what is true and what's not. And some guys love that mm-hmm. and, and say that, um, and you don't question it. So the, the church has pushed people that way, and, and people who have begin to think through their faith, whether they use the term deconstruct or detangle or clarify or own, That's that starts out as a, as a good process. Mm. Um, and I want us to talk in a little bit about what are the things that maybe within the church are, or that are causing people to, to go down this path. Because it can be very unhealthy if they then are seeing, oh, well, there's all these people I hear about that are deconstructing. And I'm telling you, if you get on social and you just start looking at those things, the vast majority of people who use the phrase deconstruct on a social platform are not doing it in a healthy way. One, they're telling everybody they're doing it. I think that's clue number one. I didn't tell one person, you know, right. in mind, like, yeah, I'm thinking through what I taught. Well, maybe one person or two people. Now we didn't have social media back in those days, but if it's, I think if it's a genuine thing, you're. Probably not just posting about it all the time. Right, That's most anything. Um, but it's usually done in such a way of, I'm really trying to disprove what Scripture is saying is true. And I think that's the other way people approach it. So one way they approach it is, I want to know what God says is true. Then the other camp, I think you can almost go 50-50. Maybe there's a middle ground, but the, the other camp then are those who say, Well, I think this is true. And so it doesn't line up. I don't like what scripture says about this. It's, it's probably it's gotta be archaic, outdated, it doesn't fit with our culture, um, it's not really what they what was meant, blah blah blah. All these things, these things have been held as truth since the early church, as like I said earlier, like the the standard of, of Christian ethic and living, and now trying to get that to align with personal belief. Um, and so those are the two ways you go towards it. And if your starting point with anything, when it comes, especially when it comes to Christianity, is okay, here's what I believe to be true. Now let me pull away the things in Scripture that don't support that, and that'll be my Christianity. Well, you've you've created a new religion
0: yep.
1: at that point. And that, that's something we had texted about earlier. Mm-hmm. Is is the religion of postmodernism. And I don't know, I know there's postmodern thought about different elements in culture. We, we were talking. On yeah. That, I think World that was,
2: we were talk. we were texting about it. That was my I thought. I was thinking more it. of, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of screaming, yelling. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see some throwing. That was just Throw my cat things. though. Um, but uh, no, I, th- I think, you know, I was looking at it more of like postmodernism as like a philosophical kind of process, an argument sort of speak of just a way of looking at things and talking about things but i think you're you're thinking of it more as like is a almost like a idealistic kind of uh you know way that you has like shaped your entire you know the way you view
1: everything um well i'm thinking more like christian postmodernism which is yeah taking christian the christian faith and working it to align with cultural norms, right? So what people wish or hope or want scripture to say, and then challenging scripture as being the final authority on on certain things. Um, And and that's the idea of, okay, this is, it's not Christian at that point. Like it's not, it's something else. The word Christian may so be there. There are a lot of churches that would say they are Christian churches, that are structured in a way, or teach a way, um, or present themselves in a way that are not biblical. Um, and that's that's then postmodernism, especially uh, when you go into some churches that um, have homosexual leadership, but yet they're teaching, trying to teach Christian faith. Well, At that point, you've definitely crossed a line of, of a clear biblical standard of, of what um, is true, what is right, and it's not, and I think that's part of this deconstruction thing, where, where that negative end is is saying, okay, well, these are the things I want to be true, or we need to be true in order to reach our culture and our society. Therefore, I want to remove those things that would stand against that. Um, you know, and and you'll hear, especially on this end of the argument, when you're talking about um, transgenderism, um, LGBTQ plus. ABC, I don't know. I don't want to be offensive. I just don't know what all the lips are. And say, see, the Bible hates these people. Christians hate these people. This is not Christianity. We need it, something different. When the truth is, I think the majority of churches, I think there's, i don't want to say majority, I think there's a good number of churches If anybody in that culture, in that part of our society, walked in through the front doors. I know it's true of my church. They're going to be loved and welcomed and embraced. We, we want them to come. We want them to be there. Now we're going to teach what Scripture says, but we're not going to that day change the sermon to, oh, we're going to talk about homosexuality today. You know, we, we're we just going to teach God's Word, but they're more than welcome, welcome to be there. It's when those type of um, elements, uh, sinful elements are either ignored or embraced. So any any sin when a church does that it's not just homosexuality but i think that's where you see the battleground in our culture is is being focused on that it's not focused on on gluttony or it's not focused on um uh infidelity you know these types of things uh, that's where a lot of that battle is i i would i
2: think part of the thing there too is that there's 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 that there's like churches and christians holding their beliefs and sticking to them. And there's also like taking that and then using that in the political spectrum yeah. to, you know, basically I feel like, I feel like it's used a lot of times to generate a attitude that is less than loving um, towards those people. And begin to
1: weaponize it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. When you, when you take your, the, that belief that you hold that you, you know, you think that this is the way you should, you know, that that you should live and that's the way you, you know, you read the Bible and you determine that God has decided this is the way that your life needs to be adhered to, then you take that and then in a political spectrum say, all right, now everyone else needs to do this too, regardless if you believe the same, have the same religion, same, you know, morality, same different things that I have that... You know, and you're using that, and then also on top of that, are exhibiting aggression and anger towards those people just because they don't agree with you. I think that is where a lot of people see that, and they're like, "Hey, that you, you know, there might be churches where people would feel loved and welcomed, but on the whole, in in our society, that's not what they're seeing in media and in um." You know, politics and things well, like that. People, I think a lot of that. it's because
1: that kind of reaction from those churches is what gets shown and shared. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So it's probably a minority. I mean, I would think that the I would say the majority of churches.
0: It's what goes viral.
1: Yeah, aren't like that. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's those few that go viral, and then you say, "Oh, they're all all Christianity is like that."
0: Yeah, and and, and I think all this stems down to you know, somebody that's deconstructing their faith or somebody who's claiming the Christian faith or whatever, it's the presuppositions that we take into not only reading the Bible, um, but also the assumptions that we make, such as, uh, you know, about biblical concepts such as, well, God's a loving God. Well, all right, I'm going to take my presupposition of a loving being wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that. Uh, Even though the way that God moves and who God is actually is far more, um, you know, incomprehensible than our minds can, you know, get to, that our logic can even make sense of. Uh, Because, I mean, honestly, as a Christian, it's hard for me to still make sense of the fact that God loved me so much that he sent his son to live a perfect life and then die for my sin on the cross, even though he knows I'm going to still continue to sin even after I trust in that. Like that still blows my mind. I mean, I believe it and I I follow it, but it still blows my mind that he can do that. Now we take that and we run with it. So a lot of this deconstruction I think occurs around, well, a loving being wouldn't do this, this, or that. And then obviously there's bad examples as we've talked about. And so there are clear examples of Christians and people who call themselves Christians doing things that aren't representative of God or his love or what he teaches. But then I think there's also these things that get assumed about God. Um, Some of it because Christians have said a bad example or uh, maybe said things that are untrue and it's a different God than the God of scripture, but also because of what people just generally bring to the table. And that's what we're all guilty of. I mean, all of us are guilty of taking our own thoughts, experiences, and reading it into what how we perceive things. And, and that's just some of that's human nature, but we've also got to be very careful with that. I think, especially when we're talking about the faith and, and we're trying to, to break it down or whatever we want to call it. I've had times in my life where I, I've questioned things about the faith and I've worked through that and and I've, I've had difficult questions that I've wrestled with. Um, you know, in each of those moments though, I try to be very careful about one, not being prisoner of the moment, but also trying to take myself out of it as much as I can. I'm not saying I do it perfect every time, but you know, we we have to be cognizant of that. And I think that's where a lot of people are. They've just sort of read their own, you know, that, that they have an idea of what things should be. And if scripture doesn't match it, well, I'm going to throw it all out. Um, or if I see people preaching one thing and doing another, well, I'm definitely throwing that out. And to me, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't want to be a part of something that, says one thing and then does the other either. Um, you know, if I want to, if I'm going to preach it, I want to make sure I do it too. And want to be a part of a church that does the same, but the bride of Christ is, is going to be ugly at times and is going to be messy and it's going to be sloppy. And uh, just as Christ loves his bride, we have to remember that as Christ followers, that he's going to love the mess and we as Christians got to love the mess as well and, uh, and work through that. And I think some people are unwilling to love the mess or they're just going to love the ones who they feel like they want to love. And then there's some Christians who are like, nope, we're going to write off all the people that don't think exactly how we think. And so I I really see this happening on both sides. Um, it's just more blatant, turning away from the faith and those people that we'd say are deconstructing. But there are a lot of Christians who I think are technically deconstructing their faith by following a false God yeah. and chasing after him. And I think that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants people running far from it and he'll attack you from whatever angle. And uh, I, I think it's that's why it's so pertinent that, you know, one, we're in the word, but also that we're living the word. And uh, to that we're patient with people as they're going through this process. It's not so much to point fingers and say you're terrible, but that we're patient and very careful with these people that are in the midst of deconstruction, whether they're the ones that are claiming they are or ones that we can recognize are, but maybe they don't recognize it.
1: Yeah, And I'd say to the, I don't know if we would have anybody listening to our podcast that is in that moment, but they might be. Maybe there are some people that would say, yeah, I'm kind of going through this, and maybe they're searching for deconstruction, this podcast comes yeah. up or whatever. Um, I, I would say from from a Christian perspective and from a guy who has not none of us have, but you know, has not lived up to what I've taught at all times and have had some some definite issues in my life, I I get where that can be a problem. And so, if that's you, if you're, if you're going down that path that's maybe something you heard at church you just know isn't right, or you've been hurt by the church, I would just encourage you to consider one thing that we mentioned earlier: how how are you going about it? What's the truth you're looking for? Like if if you really want the truth, start with start with scripture. Maybe ignore anything else you've ever been taught. Just start with scripture. What does scripture say? If you really want to get to truth and check your motives. Are you setting yourself up as the ultimate judge in what is true? Um and that's a big issue in our society now. Like it's it's what I believe is true. Well, I mean that's just that's just impossible to have that thought. You have a truth, I have a truth. If you have a brain, you know that's impossible, right? If you follow that thought out, it immediately falls apart when my truth doesn't line up with your.
2: I want to I want to show you something that when we were texting earlier about
1: well, while you're, kind of while you're looking that up, before I forget, that would be my encouragement: is make sure that you're really wanting to find where truth is, and we have to be humble enough to know it does not exist within ourselves. And we don't. We don't come up with that. And then ask questions. Um, uh, go. I would. I would encourage you to try to find people who. Maybe you're searching for. People who have deconstructed and are still Christian, or something—I don't know. Maybe go somewhere, try to find someone who's maybe gone through that. Talk to somebody because um, you want to make sure that you're not just trying to put your own, your own stamp of approval on what you believe, and not what someone else is saying is true. Um, so that's to that person. Now I think I want to yeah. hear what you have to say, but then I think we need to talk about, you know, wh- where is the church? What's our responsibility in this? Um, and how can we rightly love and encourage
2: those who are walking down this path? Right. Um. Yeah. Oh, I just you know what you were kind of talking about was um leaning kind of into our discussion about you know Christian postmodernism and where you know postmodernism is really the taken to its extremes is like you know oh what's true for me is true for me what's true is you for true for, like you know everything every truth is subjective to everyone type of thing and I I found this when I was looking up. That so, pre-modern, modern, modern, and post-modern, and like post-modern is just like to its extreme is just chaos and just nonsense, (laughs) like because there's (laughs) because there's no objective truth and there's nothing to direct and guide people. And when you when you take that to its you know kind of natural extreme, that's definitely the point you're making. It your own religion
1: in post-modernism, like people are gonna say, um, well, this is what truth is. Right, because that's it's what I believe. Well, if you, but at the same time, they'll say there's no absolute truth. But, but this is right, or this is evil. This is good, or this is evil. And Christians or the church who don't support X, Y, or Z, or don't do this or do this, they're acting in, a, let's say, you're acting in an evil way. Well, once you call something evil, you're saying there's a, there has to be a standard for what's good, and who. Who
2: can set that? Right, and that's what those people. A lot of times, if you talk to them, like they have their own belief about, like you know, not not even just like what they believe is true, but like the things that they say are unequivocally like this is evil, this is good. So, like you're still you're still putting a kind of this binary thinking to it, and you're absolutist, but it's driven by yourself and not you know. Some you know a, a greater moral standard, which you know in Christianity, that is provided to us by.
0: Well, you know. it, the the biggest lie since day one has been that life is about you. Yeah. I mean, about yeah. me as the individual. That's what Satan tempted Eve with in the garden. Modernism. It was <laughs> life is not about God, but it's about you getting yours, and so. Since day one, that is where we all are. We wake up, we think about my needs. I've got to pee. I'm hungry. I'm tired whatever. We automatically default to us and life is not about us. And that, how many times has God smacked me on the head and reminded me of that? Hey, life is not about you. As I'm praying about God, please fix this, this. God's like, life is not about you. And that's where we get caught up in thought too. And I think we're seeing that to the extreme now. Um, I think it's always been there since day one, but we are seeing it just sort of lived out to the extreme in that we've gotten so wrapped on us that, yeah, everybody has their own thought of what is true and that's a lot it's a hook line and sinker that that gets us all is the reality is is no it isn't what we say is true that there is one who set truth and that's the one that created us and that's the one that we live for and uh, until we get back to that obviously we're going to be having these conversations
1: <laughs> and this is so I don't know how long we've been going and how much longer we' got here
0: hour twelve
1: so we need a begin the descent, right? Sure. But um <laughs> I don't
2: know. game's yeah. still going blame. it's only fifth inning. Yeah. Still zero zero. Yeah. Still Nothing exciting. We'll
0: update you guys, even though this game will be over. But I think not. this is
1: critical <laughs> in this conversation about people deconstructing and the church's role in that, the church's blame in that, if you will, know, is that there's really only two religions in the world. There's the God as the Bible, as he presents himself. And there's um, self-centered idolism. You know, I, I forget what the theological term is for that. Um, therapeutic, something, something. You're basically, just doing what makes you feel good. But it's either you're the worship, you're the worshiping. You're you're either worshiping God as He presents Himself in Scripture. or You're worshiping yourself. It, it's one or the other. Because you can go to you say, "Well, what about this or that?" Well, at the end of the day, it's it's about what you're deciding is true. And as Christians, we have to one say Christianity is an exclusive belief system. Right? Jesus Himself said it that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but through yeah. Him. Um so if you're adding anything to that, taking anything away from that, or ignoring that, you're you are deciding to put your truth on top of what God has established is uh-oh, uh-oh, uh uh-oh. 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 uh-oh, uh-oh. Did he catch that? Yeah. Oh, I thought it went over the fence. Almost Man. a home run.
0: Stinking They've had two light is like in, that in
1: this, in this, uh, the two, both outs in this. Area.
0: See, my truth <laughs> says that was a home run. Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> well, his truth says he caught that.
0: Mistake. Yeah, see? So, Easy example.
1: So the church, yeah, uh, the, the church is then, I think, where there are things happening that are causing people to doubt. Christianity and then maybe launch into a deconstruction journey. I'm not gonna say it's always like this, because you may that person may not be approaching things rightly or with enough grace. But there's things that apparently are happening within the church where they're presenting an idol, not the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be very careful Mm -hmm. about that and making sure that all that we do is is done in a way everything we say, everything we teach. Is filtered through. Okay, what what is God saying is true and right and accurate, and not making not making majors out of minors, um, leaving room for personal conviction and belief in things that aren't defined for us in Scripture. But where things are defined, that's our standard, and that's, yeah. that's where we, we stop. I, I think when
2: I think of when I think of poor church leadership that leads to what we're talking about. I think of kind of two main camps of things. I think of, I think of leaders and, um, you know, not not just pastors but also you know other church leaders uh, within the church that are doing things in secret that are hurtful to people, like just just straight up hurtful. Um, and then I think of people that like, you know, the the biggest one that comes to mind is like people like Greg Locke. Over Mount right Juliet, right.
0: That, I was hoping that, you'd name names.
2: People yeah. like that are people <laughs> that are like fundamental Baptists, uh, things like that. That they they stand in the pulpit and they say this is right, and if you don't agree with me, and I don't care what you have to say about what Scripture says about it, like you're wrong, and you're and and then they end up, you know, like in Greg Locke's position, uses it as a platform for his own political rantings, Um and, and you know, people like that. I'm like th- those are people that are just. Outwardly, making a terrible name for the church. Well, and, not, yeah.
1: and on the other end of that spectrum are the nice guys, like yeah, like a, a guy whose name is maybe Stephen sturtick <laughs> <laughs> or um, or uh, people who are too passive or, or smiley guy out,
2: afraid to say anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're either saying nothing, um, or it's just really watered down, or just eh, a tinge off. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not this overt Trump is God, you know, like that's who, that's God's man. That's who, need, or whatever it is, Greg block. or it's just these subtle things where they're sowing some seeds of um, falsehood, uh, heresy into what they're teaching. And, um, and that's just as dangerous.
0: You it might that. even
1: be more dangerous because at least you can see this other end, like, I, think I was,
0: yeah, I think most people look at Greg Locke, right. Locke and they're like, oh, he's a false prophet. Yeah. Now he does have you know, his select few, but I think they're just so warped as he is. Yeah. But yeah, these folks you're talking about that are wolves in sheep's clothing, yeah. I mean, they are more deceptive and maybe harder to,
1: well, to see if, sometimes. Well, if you look at a guy like Locke, his church isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Um, now he gets a lot of exposure <clears throat> because it's viral.
0: Right, right? yeah.
1: Media, um, social media, yeah.
0: Always. He's like the Stephen A. Smith of uh, <laughs> Christian is. Takes. Yeah. Just always says yelling. ridiculousness.
2: Doesn't really have intelligent yeah. to say, but always gets put online yeah. for some reason. <laughs> <Not>
1: <laughs> me but then the other guys that we're kind of thinking like their follower their their following is massive. Massive. What? And you know, people just hang on every word that's being said. And so both ends. Well,
2: those right. people sometimes are indistinguishable. Like what what they, what they say is indistinguishable from just like, you know, new age, you know, hippie guru, you know, cult leader type people that just say nice things, yeah. and then you know, a lot of times those people are like secretly using that to get people to come in so they can actually do harmful stuff to them. But um, but at the same thing at the same time, like there there's there's no distinguish distinguishable. Or discernible difference between what they're saying and what you know Scripture says and what God says. Yeah, saying. yeah. Like, and, you know,
1: and so well, you're just my, saying
2: nice fuzzies. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's it. And it sounds true. Yeah. It sounds good. Um, but when you really either listen to the context of the whole message, or maybe not even just that message, but what that what has been taught and the whole direction of a congregation, that's weird.
0: Yeah, I think Uh-oh. the camera
1: man went to sleep.
0: One of our cameras died.
1: uh Oh, I wonder if the battery died. Well, we got these still going.
0: <laughs> if you're if you're listening, it, um, it Just know that the yeah, the a camera died, <laughs> but, it, but we're it's still not here. A terrible shot. So I charged as long as long the battery as the other
1: two <laughs> And that one, but I meant to plug it in.
0: <laughs>
1: so live and learn. Some
0: beautiful uh, <laughs> bars. Yep. Yeah,
1: live and learn. We just may not use that camera. Anymore. Okay. So, um, no cause, worries. Cause this is part of it. This one right here is not too bad. Yeah, so we have, that camera. That's we have that camera, and then the one that died. So,
2: yeah, we can use it, we can swap in between.
1: I don't look really old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is that old guy? <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, my wife has actually ordered me this ointment to put in here to help my hair thicken.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Is it from China?
1: I don't know. It most likely came from Amazon. Yeah. So, China so song nice. is what we how, call it. How old are
2: you? 44.
1: Okay, I'm not as so old as I'm, Jeff, but Jeff looks younger than
2: me. You. I'm 11 years younger than you. You don't have gray. Maybe a and little. Down. Yeah, I've got I'm, some on I'm the side. using stuff in my hair like that too, so
1: don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you have a little more. Did your dad lose? No. Or your granddad?
0: No. It, it's no, on your mother's uncle. side. Your side. Yeah. My yeah. uncle did. Your mom? She's not bald.
2: I don't know. I can't think of anybody on my mom's
1: side. Your mom bald? One. She listens. She can listen.
2: No, she's not. <laughs> but we both have very, very thin hair, uh, yeah. which I think is a contributing factor. That mom's yeah. Um.
0: Well, let me know if it works because I'll put. I've got some thin in some the back. Beer. So. Yeah. So listen. Yeah. So
1: you guys are listening to the middle age podcast.
0: Right? Now we're deconstructing <laughs> our hair.
1: <laughs> our hair's deconstructing.
0: Well, I started <laughs> not going, by choice. I
1: did start going gray when I was sixteen, though. So it
2: started happening early for
1: yeah. me. Hey, and the glasses <laughs> I'm wearing are progressive lenses. Oh, proud to say! Wow, nice. So uh, they're bifocals. You just don't see the line. I
2: like it. Yeah.
1: It's very yeah. progressive I'm... of
2: you. Benjamin <laughs> Franklin would just be die so of that. He'd be. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I'm at the point now where if I'm wearing contacts, I have to have readers in for anything closer than this. Like I just have to. I can't. It's it's blurry. On this so I, I got these like a week and a half ago, and I've. Pretty much just warm glasses because I don't have to keep doing the Yeah, mm, Yep. I've also got this weird growth.
0: <laughs> um don't show it in that camera angle, but
1: we, <laughs> yeah. we have deconstructed our topic. Yeah, we've we've
0: deconstructed way far away.
1: I don't even remember from... where we were in that, but um oh, we're well, talking about some of the false teachers out there, but just yeah. the two ends of this and how that can lead to the Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And, and, and it's, you know, I, I think we were going to talk about the role within the church, like what can we do yeah, and, and get to that. But I think that's that's where we've seen a lot of this, too, is when people recognize that. And I, And I think, you know, personal stories that I've known of individuals who've deconstructed and gotten away from the faith you know they they've been hurt by like say pastors or leaders within the church who maybe seem like well-meaning individuals and maybe were at one point um you know if we're not careful any of us can get away from scripture and begin to make it all about us and idolize the wrong things and but um you know these individuals have experience with these pastors or these leaders and and they see the hypocrisy or they see the the harmful things that they're doing and it's such a turnoff and uh, you know, in some instances it's straight out abuse, which is wrong and evil and terrible. But in some instances, it's just, you know, seeing hypocrisy at its worst. And uh, unfortunately that leads people to deconstruct because they're like, well, how in the world it it becomes more of they're not deconstructing because they're really wrestling with um, I don't believe this is all true, but it's like, you know, if that is what Christianity represents, then I'm not even going to like spend the time and necessarily deconstructing everything. I'm just going to start to turn away and tell you why now with my presuppositions, why I believe that that is wrong. Like scripture is wrong. All of this is wrong. And uh, I, I've seen that too many times and it, it's sad, um, you know, I I I would be broken hearted to know, and I'm sure it happens to all of us who are in leadership. You know, we've said something that's turned somebody away or we've done the wrong thing in the wrong moment that maybe has led someone to think otherwise. But, um, you know, if my life were continually marked by leading people ultimately to be turned off by the faith, then, um, you know, I, Probably well, we don't have Jesus. At uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would feel, I mean, because if, if my life is supposed to be, you know, as any Christian, not just a, a minister, it's supposed to be about leading people to Jesus and I'm doing the opposite. You know, it, it makes you think, does that person even have Jesus to begin with? Because they're not leading anybody to him, so they don't even know where he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we saw that with, and I don't know if you've read up on his story any, and it's been a while since I've read it. But there was a worship leader at a camp that we used to go to in Texas. Dude was on fire for Jesus.
1: Was it it that big, huge camp gathering that was kind of North Texas
0: area? Um, It it was in North Texas, uh, Wichita Falls area, Iowa City or Iowa Park. I'm not sure. But 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 there was a pastor up there who had a big ministry and put on this camp, and he he was a great communicator. Um, actually the last time I heard him communicate, he started to say some things that I thought, "Mm, I don't know if I would take my students back here. And actually I was planning on the last year I was there. I was not planning on taking you guys there. Um, I I think you guys ended up going anyway, but, um, that was after i had left, but I I was actively planning. No, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I trust this guy anymore just because of some of the things he was saying, but long story short, his worship leader was a guy that he had sort of taken in and, uh, you know, really mentored. And, uh, the worship leader ended up seeing this guy's hypocrisy and some of the evil that he was doing and, um, completely deconstructed and got away from his faith. Yeah. And and it was, it was it felt hard. It, it, it was really, yeah. really sad. I mean, it broke my heart to see it, but there's, stories like that everywhere and uh, it just goes to show you that you know and I'm not pointing the blame on anyone but trying to look in the mirror constantly evaluate well, is my life pointing to Jesus and where is it not pointing to Jesus and if it's not I need to be you know very careful with that and how I do things where it, it appears that it's not and then Maybe even go back and apologize to people that I know you know i i've I've probably wronged them by not showing them love or not caring for them and and not uh you know looking out for my interest over their interests and and so on
2: in that in that same vein i I would encourage people if if there's somebody you know listening or um tuning in that that is having thoughts of like you know oh this person that I looked up to, you know, they've done X, Y, and Z. And I, I, you know, that, that's really cool, causing me to question what I believe. And, you know, um, they're start beginning this process of deconstruction. I would encourage people to don't put your faith in people, put yes. your faith in God. Cause if you put your faith in people, individuals, they're going to, they're always going to fail you. You the give, side. you give anybody yep. enough time, someone, a person's going to fail you every time. But that's the beauty of God is that you know God doesn't fail us, and if you put your faith in Him, you'll see that. And I think, I think Jesus, as, as Jesus is a word that
1: That's a good place to start. Yeah, <laughs> way to go, Ryan. You got... so <laughs> let's. I think it's a great place to even begin to, to wrap up. I I was listening. So a great resource, a um, lady named Alyssa Childers. She was actually a part of Zoe Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. i hadn't thought so, about that band so long. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome.
0: I think I might have got free CDs as a youth I, pastor. I think we did get some Girl. of their
1: stuff. Um, yeah, you would get that, uh, that box that would yep. come in the mail with all the uh, yeah. stuff that you just got it for the free music.
0: I listen to so much terrible music with those boxes. Right next to
1: Yanni Live at the Akron yeah, That's right. <laughs> I, well, comparatively, that might be better than some. Late 90s, or early 2000s. It, 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 it would give you like
0: 10 CDs, and there was maybe like one yeah. in there that was like, okay, this is actually Got good music. The rest, rest was just of like, yeah. what's this? Oh, there's
2: but, uh, a newsboys in here. Yeah.
1: So we're not knocking Zoe Girl. Yeah. I, so this, Zoe
0: like, Girl was the one good one. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So Alyssa <laughs> Childers, she has a, a podcast, and it's all devoted to kind of like understanding deconstruction, and there's a lot of great um, videos on, on social. There's one I was listening to, and, and a guy. She was doing this interview. A guy that was on there was speaking about what you just said, Ryan. Um, about you, you just don't look. You can't just look at Jesus followers all the time. You have to kind of go to their leader, Jesus. But um, I mean, it was even Gandhi's issue. You know, he said, I, "I love Jesus. I just don't like his followers." Basically, yeah. I love your Christ. But I don't like his followers. But um, this guy said. If someone's saying that, a great question to ask is, "Well, what if you heard somebody um, playing uh, a Beethoven piece on piano and they were just butchering it? Would you blame Beethoven?" Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't because what Beethoven? You would. No, <laughs>
0: you're completely ruining uh, the. Oh, writer. Beethoven! Why did you make this <laughs> yeah, person hundreds of years after you died play this
1: poorly Probably from Arizona. <laughs> but uh, um, you wouldn't. Right, you say, well, that guy messed it up. So why would you blame Christ for? Because right. if you go and you just read Scripture and you're looking at the life of Christ, you don't see well how a lot of us represent it. And um, so, yeah, if if there's somebody that's doing something within the church as a leader or just a representative of Jesus like that, does not look right or sound right, or it was hurtful or whatever, go go look at the Jesus of the Bible and use that as your point of reference Mm -hmm. for whether or not this is something you want to be a part of. Uh, Hopefully, though, hopefully what people see is less and less of Christians living in unbiblical ways and saying unbiblical things and more of what we see are Christians who might just mess up in life and then are loved and restored and brought back to health through the, the... the community of Christ. Mm Because that I that's what we want people who are questioning Christianity to see. It's like, yeah, we all mess up, but listen, we're here for you when that happens. Yeah. You know, we're all about we're all about helping you back into that freedom.
0: Um and and I think we as a church can be, you know, not, not only is it about us living obviously what we preach, but when we see those individuals that are wrestling and struggling with that, be patient with them. I don't think it's incumbent upon us to argue them back into the faith to guilt trip them back into the faith. Uh, I mean, part of this is, you know, we're going to be passionate and be upset and, and be, and you know, want them to know truth and want them to get back to that truth. But we have to realize that God is the one that has to do the change of heart that right. it's, it's not going to be us running in and saying the one line that's going to like, Oh, okay. Oh, you're right, man. I'm, snapped out of it now. God is going to do that part. We just have to be uh, somebody who's not going to be that stumbling block and maybe even light that match and, and add to that fire. We are going to be the ones who love them regardless, be patient, pray for them, encourage them, and then yeah, be there to help yeah. give truth when, it, when those times present themselves or maybe when they ask and want to have conversations but i think we we often respond to it sadly the way that we respond to any sin and that we just begin to get angry, prideful and write it off and that just becomes even more of a deterrent to them knowing the gospel and i think we had a conversation over text and i think you may have said it ryan that you know obviously i believe that these people who have turned away from the faith never really had the faith to it. begin with mm-hmm. And they may have known some elements of the faith and maybe even been a part of it because of their parents or because it was the trend or because that was their friend group in high school or whatever, but they never truly believed or trusted in Christ alone. They may have trusted in, oh, I said some words, or I may have trusted in myself to do something or my church attendance or me being a good person or me reading the Bible or whatever, but they never really trusted in Jesus alone because I believe that once somebody trusts in Christ alone, um, you know, maybe, maybe this is a Calvinist part of me coming out that, that, you know, there's nothing that's going to keep you from resting in that grace and, uh, you know, continually experiencing it. It doesn't mean you won't ever question anything, but, um, you know, there's there's not going to be a, a turning away from that because when you yeah. truly experience Jesus, you know, there's nothing yeah. better than this.
1: Yeah. yeah. You. You don't want to give up what you have. Yeah. And yeah, there is that end, and I'm with you on that. I'm like a three and a quarter point Calvinist, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know something like that. But um, you know, I believe that as well. Like you know, people say once saved it always saved, or if saved always saved. I bet I. I think it's more on the end of, yeah, if you if you truly came to Jesus knowing who he is and what he's about, then you don't leave that yeah. because because you know what the truth is. And all the other stuff you see, all the bad examples or all the false teachers or all the hurt that you might experience in a church, like, okay, they don't know Jesus. Right. But I do. They don't, but I do. Changes your perspective. Yeah. So I would say if you're going through that, man, maybe you just never experienced the truth of who Jesus is and what he can
2: do. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, we seem to always hit topics in the way we do our podcast. You know, we don't necessarily do multiple episodes on one topic. So um, there's so much more I think we can talk about on this. There's a lot of great resources, a lot of other great podcasts out there that that you can look into. We're already—we're just— too distracted by the yeah. baseball game.
0: There's a guy with a really sweet, like Thor haircut, up the bat right now for the Rangers. Jenna, Jankowski. Well, you know, you know, Jankowski. Thor would have
1: been. uh, uh He's what Polish? Po- yeah. So he's adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. He it was a. <laughs> was it? Was it a Polish god? Is that? Oh. <laughs> No, he's saying he is. Yeah, he's uh, bullish. No, Thor is a, a Nordic Heather god. Yeah. 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 So they're close. Yeah. They're close. They're <laughs> neighbors. They yeah. might be. That guy threw three balls at one time. <laughs> I saw wow. One of those earlier, and I was no like, no wonder oh, he my couldn't hit it. Man, that's not fair. <laughs> I, is that allowed? <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for joining us and um, good conversation. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe we can do this again, even if there's not a World Series. Yeah, game on next. That's course, right. There won't be.
0: There's football.
1: Yeah, if so we, we, well Thursday nights. If we're Thursday doing, night football. If we get back to, this is Wednesday night. Yeah, we recorded early, so
0: we could start giving commentary on Thursday night football. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, it's like tune in for the first half of Dude so we we'll Just talk about <laughs> tonight's <laughs> yeah. football game. It's
1: too bad it's not tomorrow. Because and a, I'll, I'll
0: be honest, I haven't heard John Smoltz say one negative thing. Haven't that Ranglish, been great? Yeah. So. Um, it's been on mute.
2: <laughs> That's how I normally watch baseball. Honestly, I, I was watching. I watched the game seven of the the um, A, ALS ALCS. No, 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 Uh, yeah, ALCS. I was like, what's, what's the acronym? Um, so I was in, I was in New Orleans last week, and I New I was, Orleans. I was in my uh
1: my hotel room, and I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna watch this on mute. I didn't want to hear anyone <laughs> talk. <laughs> so the question everybody now was wondering is, did you come back with any beets? Uh, no. Somebody tried to hand me too some. Bad. People really missed out.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> what about beignets?
2: Oh, we did. So we uh, we actually yesterday ate the last. We bought a box of beignet Ooh. mix from Cafe Du Monde. Did you eat at Cafe Du Monde? We did. Yeah, we oh, bought. Yeah, we got it there. I, I I determined that Cafe Dumond's version they 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 have a cafe au lait and I'm like this is just pot a pot of coffee that you poured hot milk into. Yeah. I was <laughs> like you didn't steam it, you didn't do nothing. I was like this is, this is not what I know as a cafe au lait. <laughs> I do like the coffee. You can get from there, it's good tasting coffee. Yeah. Yes, it's very good.
0: Um, when you went in, did you pronounce it Dumond? Yeah. Like really? Le <laughs>
2: Cafe Dumond. Yeah actually we, just like listened for people at other tables and corrected them as they were pronouncing it
0: incorrectly Dumondi. <laughs> can I get one of them bin Ben.
1: can I get one of them bingots big b- 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 nuts <laughs> <laughs> I want some big nuts okay. I'm a D-back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna wrap up thanks for joining us we love you all oh, nothing like, like that that's uh, the way we play man. yeah let's just close with that <laughs> all right we're out